0: Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. The way the time to change, the way we think about being the body of Christ, and we have the perfect opportunity to do it today. Church is no longer the same. Life <laughs> is no longer the same. A vaccine could come out tomorrow, but our lives are forever changed. 9-11 forever changed the way we travel. Good morning, church family. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans, the 12th chapter. I'll be reading the first through the eighth verse. Again, that is Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. I am reading the New King James translation. Hear ye the word of the Lord. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for I say through the grace given to me and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy with cheerfulness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For the time that we will spend together today in worship, I would like to talk a little bit about new thoughts for a new age. New thoughts for a new age. Age. In my closet I have a shirt that's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite first off because it's red and white. And so I, I like those colors together. I'm not quite sure why, maybe I'll think about it later, it'll come to me. But, but red and white just seems like a great combination. But I got it when I was chaperoning at a camp for youth ministry. Uh, we went to Alvin one year, and the theme of the camp was Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Be Transformed. And it's a nice little shirt with the uh, uh, Romans, the scripture uh on the front emblazoned in kind of like a baseball font, like a baseball uniform. It's faded because I've worn it and it's almost 20 years old, but I like that shirt. I like the way it feels and I like the scripture that is on it. Be transformed. I like those verses. It comes from the book of Romans. When I was younger, I had a little illustration Bible at home. I could have been somewhere around first or second grade. And I remember this had all the Bible stories in it with pictures and cartoons and young kids telling the stories. And I remember reading one time at the front of the book, it said for kids, read your Bible, read your whole Bible and start with Romans. Romans? Romans is not the beginning of the Bible. Romans is in the middle. And there's this book telling us to start with Romans. But there are so many passages all together in the book of Romans that are crucial to our faith. It is in Romans that we learn that God loves us. It is in Romans that we learn that we are justified by faith, that we are sinners saved by grace. We learn in Romans that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and we learn in Romans, Romans 10, and chapter 10, verse 9, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Romans is what the early church father Augustine opened up and read when he heard a divine voice come and tell him to, to uh, take up and read. That's the book he started with. Romans is uh, what Martin Luther, uh, not, not Martin Luther King, but the Martin Luther that nailed the 95 thesis to the wall. That's when he wanted to learn about uh, God's righteousness. He went to Romans. John Wesley, uh, we love John Wesley as Methodist. That was a he was reading a passage from Romans in Aldersgate when his heart was strangely warmed. Romans has a lot of things packed up in it. I've heard some uh, my colleagues as pastors say that Romans is the Apostle Paul's Ph.D. dissertation on the faith. It's written to a group of people during a. a tough time and it all comes together in Romans. I I like Romans written by the apostle Paul, written to multiple churches in Rome. As chapter one, verse uh, seven tells us, Paul is writing to these churches in Rome while the people are being oppressed. There is a tense political climate going on and we believe based on the scholarly research that Romans the letter was written somewhere uh, around either 55 between 55 and 58 AD depending on whose research you you go to but that is a tense time because if it's written in 55 that's about 10 years before (laughs) the Jewish revolt. Uh, the, The people of God were being oppressed by the government, and they didn't like it. (laughs) So they spoke out against it. And when they couldn't take any more, they revolted. I'll, I'll say that again. Paul wrote this to the people of God because they believed in this Yahweh, this Elohim, this Jehovah Rapha, this Jehovah Nisi, this Jehovah Sicanu. They believed in him, and that was not the popular religion at the time. So you have the people that were born and raised as Jewish people, and then you have people that were Gentile that converted over and started believing in this Jesus. So you have the Jews and those who were Jews that converted to what we now call Christianity and those who were, were, were Gentiles they're all in this period, this place worshiping God and because they're in the minority <laughs> they're being oppressed and this book is written almost uh, give or take uh, 10 to, to, uh, to 7 years before they actually start going to war but can you imagine that uh, the people of God not liking what the government is doing to them and fighting back. They're not saying we need to keep politics out of the church. They're speaking on some things that they do not like about it. They are speaking up against the unfair treatment of those in power instead of turning away and and acting like it doesn't happen. I'll digress for now. But Paul is writing this letter to these churches in Rome while these things are going on. What I read before starting the sermon is a bit of a pivot point in the text. Uh, Chapters one through 11 of Romans uh, cover a lot of dogma and doctrine, what you are supposed to know. But 12 through 16 cover ethics and behavior. So now you know something, Here's how you're supposed to act. Now that we've told you what's going on in the community, here's time to act. Now that we've told you what is going on around this world, here is how you are supposed to act. That is why the text often starts off in some translations with the therefore, because it is a pivot. Here's what you need to know. And now here's how you need to act. And so even though the Roman Empire is oppressing those people who believe in God, we are here to tell you what you need to do. Oh, well, pastor, what you mean they're oppressing them? Well, the Roman Empire brought a lot of good things into the communities. Uh, They they built roads and had uh, the, the aqueduct systems and all of these things that we still use today as far as highway systems and and different things, but they also oppressed the people. Um, You know, when when Paul said in Romans 10 and 9, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that was a scandalous statement at the time because they were going around, and by they, I mean the rest of the world, uh, the rest of the people in that area, they were saying Caesar is Lord. Uh, The government had positioned itself to be those people's God. They demanded the devotion of the people. So you were supposed to say Caesar is Lord. You were supposed to say that Caesar was your all in all. You were supposed to say that Caesar and here's this man from Galilee (laughs) coming through 40 and two generations and he's turned the system over on its side. And even after he died they still could not they still could not stomp down. They still could not put out the fire that he had started. Amen. Amen. Uh, that is a problem I have today that we, we uh, as a people, rather, some people have made the government their God. They have made the government their God and so much so that they believe if you don't vote the way they vote. If you don't have the same political affiliation, if you're not a part of the same political party as them, you are godless. Even though there are godly and godless people in all political parties. They have gotten it to the point that if you say something against the government officials they like, you are godless. The government has positioned itself to become people's God and some of us don't know the difference. And so Jesus is Lord was a scandalous term. And they wanted people to worship the government. That was a popular way of thinking. And so when Paul told the people not to conform uh, to this world, be not conformed to this world, we we often talk about what that means in terms of sin and and, and, uh, uh, premarital sex and all kind of other different things that are out there. But this was also about who your allegiance was to. This is also about who your allegiance is to. And when it says conformed, uh, that word literally in the Greek means to beat into a mold. When it says don't be conformed to the world, don't let these people beat you into submission. Don't let them put you into a box, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you think about being a Christian. Change the way you think about being a believer. Change the way you think how it means to interact with other people and be a part of the body of Christ in this world. Literally, when he says, uh, the talks about uh, not being conformed to this world, a better translation would be this age. This time, this age, the things is going on. But be transformed we have uh, we have we have a way to, a time to change the way we think about being the body of Christ and we have the perfect opportunity to do it today church is no longer the same life <laughs> is no longer the same a vaccine could come out tomorrow but our lives are forever changed 9/11 forever changed the way we travel, it is now commonplace to understand that you can't just walk up to the gate. You can't walk up to the gate to walk somebody to a plane. You can't walk up to a gate to to get to, to receive somebody. No, you gotta wait outside, maybe in baggage claim. It's commonplace to understand, I mean, unless you got global entry and TSA pre or clear, that you're gonna have to take some shoes off when it's time to go through there. And you're gonna have to remove your belt. Things have changed and I highly doubt that they are going away. Amen. And so now is the time as we operate uh, under a, a government that's doing some pretty oppressive things. And uh, We're operating as the body of Christ and we are no longer allowed to come into the building as much as we see fit unless we don't care about spreading this disease. We have to change the way we think. And we have to do radical changes. Uh, The one that when he says to be transformed, that's used only two other places in the Bible. One of them is in Mark chapter nine, verse two, where the text says, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John and led them up to a high mountain apart from themselves. And he was transfigured. Before them, that word that they use for transfigured and mark is the same word that they use for transform. And then again, it's used in second Corinthians uh, chapter three, verse 18, when it says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as a, in a mirror, the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. We got to change the way we think we literally have to be transformed and all the times that this is used in the Bible, they have something in common, a radical change, a recentering of ourselves. And while we're talking about transforming something, it's going to be some hard work. This is not done overnight. But just because it can't happen overnight doesn't mean we don't do the work. I, I'm not a big fan of going into meetings and when uh, some, there are certain things that, that are said in meetings, whether I'm at a church meeting, a business meeting, a frat meeting, a Masonic Lodge meeting, I, I, I perk up when I hear certain words. And one of those words is, is well, we're not going to solve all the problems tonight that may be true but more often than not that is thrown up as a reason to not have the discussion anyway Amen. there's work to be done there's new thoughts that need to happen there is a new age that we are in and we have to be able to be able to do the work and transform how we're doing things and I get I get I get a little upset when I hear, well, we're not going to solve it tonight a lot of times because I feel like what they really mean is I don't want to talk about this right now. And not only do I not want to talk about this right now, I don't want to talk about this ever. So can we move past this? But moving past it in that kind of manner allows us to conform to this world. Martin Luther King Jr. said, human progress never rolls, on, rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men willing to be co-workers with God. And without this hard work, time itself becomes an ally of the forces of social stagnation. We must use time creatively in the knowledge that the time is always ripe. To do right, Amen. we can't do it on our own. Any individual cannot do it on our own. That's why he says one of the reasons why he says that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we are, but to be sober in how we think. We and not only does he say that, but he says that we uh, receive this by grace. Paul received grace. We are receiving grace. We cannot earn our way into heaven. That grace is a gift of God's love, the unmerited favor. Paul received that grace and speaks to us about it. Paul tells us that Jews and Gentiles are both a part of God's kingdom. So whether you was born in or you joined in, you all are a part of God's kingdom. I'm going to say that again. Whether you was born in or you joined in, you are a part of God's kingdom. And we have to do this in community when he talks about the one body and the many parts. And then when he also goes on to say that there are, are being our one body in Christ and individually members of one another, you got to be in community to be a Christian. One body, but many gifts, community, gifts of service and ministry, community, gifts of financial support, community. It's all work and it's all in community. We are called to do a new work, a new mindset and help make new disciples of Jesus Christ. What has happened in the past or what did not happen, we have to move on and continue to forge forward with a new mind and a new age because new people need to learn about this same Jesus just like we did. Amen. New mind and new thoughts. I remember when I got hired at McDine as a service engineer and the CEO had a, 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 a worldwide meeting where he wanted to give a speech. And I don't remember the name of the company, but I do stri- strictly remember the message that he was trying to talk about. And he brought up this horse and buggy company. And this horse and buggy company was working like gangbusters in the 1800s. It was, it was making money hand over fist. One of the number one producing horse and buggy wheel, uh, uh, barrel uh, comp, or not wheelbarrows, but horse and buggy companies around. But then Ford created the Model T and they created a motorized car. And when they created, the, when Ford created the motorized car, the horse and buggy company went out of business. The problem with the horse and buggy company was not the Model T. Uh, The problem was that the horse and buggy company saw itself as a horse and buggy company instead of seeing itself as a transportation company. Because if it had seen itself as a transportation company, it would have looked at what was going on around it, and when the world changed, it would not have said, we're still going to do horse and buggies because this is the tradition and this is the way that things need to go. Had it been able to pivot and seen itself as a, tra- as a transportation company, it might still be in existence today. But because it did not change the way it thought, It went by the wayside. I fear that the church, Big C, thinks that it is selling hymns and a certain style of dress and a certain style of worship and a certain style of creeds. They think that we're selling selling hymns and robes and creeds instead of selling grace and love And peace. We get more concerned about the delivery than we do about those who need to be delivered. Do not conform. Be transformed. As long as we are leading the people to Christ, there can be all kinds of ways to lead the people to Christ. We do not get caught up in the fact that we cannot come into a building. Over and over again, when you see the word church in the Bible, or ecclesia, Ecclesiastes, those kinds of words are not talking about a building. They're talking about the people. Yes, the people regularly went to temple for worship, but that was not the only place they worshiped. Do not conform, be transformed, and don't depend on the pastor to come up with all the ideas. Amen. I'm reading this book. I finished it called White Fragility, and I believe that it applies. This 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 example applies to other things. But the, in the book, it talks about. Uh, Basically, white people not being able to handle a conversation about race, but then there are people who can handle the conversation about race, but they want somebody to teach them. They want somebody to give them all the answers. They want somebody to tell them what to do in order to figure it out, to make it out instead of doing the work on themselves. But in the book, it provides an example. Say you go to the doctor and the doctor runs some tests and says, you have... XYZ disease and before they can tell you what XYZ disease uh, side effects are, what kind of medicine you need to take, before they can tell you anything about that, they get called off. Emergency surgery, family emergency, something else. You don't just go home and sit on your hind parts. If the doctor told you the diagnosis but was unable to give you the cure at that time, said I'm gonna need to come back and talk to you later, the first thing you're going to do is go home and look up all the information yourself. You're going to probably join a Facebook or a Reddit group or something like that with other people who suffer from XYZ disease. You're going to call around, maybe call your mama, your grandmama, your daddy, your granddaddy, see if this runs in the family. You're going to have some conversations. Do you know anybody that suffered from XYZ disease? You are going to surround yourself and do the work for the information in order to get out of this situation and learn what to expect and learn how to beat it. We all are capable of doing the work. Do not conform. Be transformed. And the best thing about it is that all the hard work has already been done. We are able to not conform and be transformed because someone by the name of Jesus willingly gave his life for us. Somebody By the name of Jesus came and lived a life we could not live, willingly sacrificed himself, rose from the dead three days later with all power in his hands. The hard work is done. We just have to figure out the ways to get other people into the kingdom. He already lived, died and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the father, ready to come again. The doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor Jason Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.